This has been another episode of Fireside Chats without the fires. With Neil Toss and Paul Catherine. Follow Neil and Paul on Twitter at Neil to Fireside Chats without the fires. Podcast feedback and topic suggestions are always welcome. Thank you for listening. The number 10,000. 10,000 hours is what Malcolm Gladwell says you need to become an expert or really, really darn good at something. We're not going to talk about Malcolm Gladwell today, but we are going to talk about someone who is an expert in her field, and the number 10,000 does come into play here. From the land of 10,000 lakes, Vicki Cherney is our guest today. It's a pleasure to have you, Vicki. Welcome to the podcast. Good morning, Neil and Paul. I'm thrilled to be here, and thank you. Yes, I am calling in from the land of 10,000 lakes, where it's actually snowy in Minnesota, so it's been an unusually cold month. Although we had a couple of weeks of nice weather in between, but uh, we've had winter early here. So so the lakes will be freezing before we know it. <laughs> the, lakes, the lakes will be freezing, but what we get to see, for those that will tune in, maybe see the video of this later, we get to see a very warm smile uh, because we have video of Vicki right in front of us, preferably in front of us, with that great smile she has. Uh, she's going to warm our hearts today with a great conversation. Uh, Vicki Cherney. I've been very careful to make sure that I pronounce Vicki Cherney's last name correctly, and I've been told I've done it correctly, so I feel good about myself. Uh, Vicki Cherney, thank you. Vicki Cherney is the manager of consumer affairs and customer concerns at a company. If you don't immediately recognize it, go to your grocery store, go to where you buy your food, and you will immediately recognize it. Lando Lakes, an amazing company. Vicki, again, welcome to the show. This is Fireside Chats Without the Fires. We are so happy to have you with us today. I'm happy to be here. And Land O'Lakes is based in Minnesota. We're a farmer-owned cooperative. Um, mostly you'll see our butter uh, is if, in retail stores here in the United States, but we do do business across the United States and the world, selling food ingredients, crop protection products, animal feed, and the work that I do is in our dairy foods division. So working with butter and cheese. It's a great job. <laughs> I think I literally grew up on Land O'Lakes butter and cheese products since a kid. And Perfect. the logo is immediately recognizable. It kind of brings like this great association I have of, of mom, of home, of good food, of eating, of the table. I think those are the associations. So that, that, that's a fair one, right? So those are good things? Absolutely, absolutely. So lots of baking and we're in baking season here. So it's a busy time for my team. Yeah, baking season, and by the way, yeah, baking, it's, lots of people are at home baking because of what's been going on these last bunch of months. Absolutely. Today, I'm not supposed to, to mention the exact day today, but I'll, I'll sort of allude to it. Today is Friday. It's a famous or infamous Friday. Um, what's really great about today is not the date, but it's, a, it's our 36th episode, and I think 36 somehow sounds good. It's a, it's a good number. I think it's a good luck number in, 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 in some cultures, and uh you are our guest on our 36 podcast. Let's get into oh, it. By All the right. way, I didn't, I, I forgive, forgive me. I was about to skip over the most important thing with Paul. Paul, how are you feeling today? Because we can't start an episode without Paul. Paul, what are you feeling? You are? Well, I am buzzing. I am buzzing <laughs> today. Can I just say your introduction, if you just made that up on the fly, my friend, congratulations. That was amazing. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. I got, I got good, I had good inspiration over here. Um, <laughs> So let's get into it. Here's what we're going to call today's podcast. And 
today's podcast, I'm going to give a quick little credit over to Jeremy Watkin, who's been a guest on our podcast before. Jeremy Watkin has a thing that he does on Twitter and on LinkedIn called the CX question of the day, or he in hashtag CXQOTD. It's a, it's a great little daily thing. And his, um, his thread yesterday was about where, where CX sits. And I, I kind of took it the wrong way. And I thought where meant geographically. And I went off on that big tangent. And what I thought was, what a great way to ask Vicky about the CX where and why. Mm-hmm. Because she's, she, she's got a great story to tell, I think, in terms of where and why. And if I could just kick it over to you, Vicky, like tell Absolutely. us about your department and why the where and the why is actually important in what you do. All right. Well, I have a fantastic team of people that uh, work in what we call consumer affairs, and I have another team that works with our customer issues. And we we sort that out, uh, consumers being people like you and I buying products at the grocery stores, and customers being those people who are buying uh, to sell our products. So grocery stores, uh, restaurants, because we have a food service business, uh, or if you're buying ingredients, perhaps you buy seasoning that goes on snack foods, and we sell a lot of those as well. So I have two different teams, but we're all aligned with taking care of the consumer and making sure that the consumer is having a great experience with our product. Where we report, the, the where, the question that you ask, really doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things because we have to work with a huge number of cross-functional partners in order to do our job. And so for a while, I reported in through marketing, and today I report in through a research analytics and insights team. And when I talk to my peers in the industry, we all report to different places. But at the end of the day, it doesn't matter where you report. It matters who you're working with to get your job done. And the reporting structure is just sort of the formality of it all. So I told you I was going to push you on this one. I, I have to admit, so we get to talk to a lot of people. And you're right. I think that nobody has ever told us that their customer-facing department sits in an analytics department. What the heck do these guys over there or gals do, doing the analytics and crunching the numbers and doing data mining, what the heck do they know about how to treat customers? Well, you know, the, we're, we're going to teach them a little bit about it if they don't already know. But really, when you think about the work that we do, not only when, when we look at our, maybe I'll go back to our mission. When we look at my department, we have an external face to the consumer. And we're all about that, right? How are we taking care of our consumer? What answers are they giving? And making sure that their experience with our brand is a smooth one. But then we have an internal focus as well. And our uh, internal customers are the people that we share all the data with. Because people want to know what are our customers saying? What are they What are they telling us about our products? And so we are able to bring that data back internally. And that data is really important when we talk about market research and insights and the sales of our products. And so we can take all of that data together and make a really powerful story. So I'm super excited. We just recently made the move over to this uh, this new group and we're really excited to be a part of it. What do you exactly try to get out of your consumers? What data do you want to glean from? Are you, are you asking them, do you like this product? Do you hate this product? Do you want it in a bigger size? Is it as simple as that? Or, or kind of how, how granular do you get? And, mm-hmm. and I'm kind of curious, like what sure. that motivation is and how it looks. 
Right. Well, there's always the quality question, right? There's somebody has some a, a problem with it, right? Something isn't performing correctly. They baked the recipe and it didn't go the way they want it. And they think maybe the butter is the cause. So we may be asking questions about, you know, tell me a little bit more about the package you purchased. Which one, which product did you buy? And can you tell me the date code on it? And uh, can you tell me some more information about it? We can actually track back on a product to when it was made and even who was working on the shift that day. You know, was it made on first shift or second shift? And we can target information back to teams with that quality data. But we also are finding out a little bit about how people are using the product. Uh, we can ask them, you know, how, where did you find it in the store? What made you decide to buy it? And we can ask questions in the course of our conversation. Sometimes they're formally part of a survey, and oftentimes they're just part of our everyday conversation. So that when we go back and meet with marketing teams, we can say, hey, you know, we've heard consumers ask questions about this. Or as we type our notes up about what the consumer is telling us, we can mine those comments to say, what are people mentioning or talking about, not only on the phone, but via email and in social media, because we do cover all of those channels. So this is great. Let's unpack a couple of things that you just mentioned. Mm -hmm. um, so I think what you just described in my maybe an overly narrow way of thinking, you just really described consumer affairs as I think I define it or categorize it in my mm -hmm. mind, tracing things back to product code, who manufactured it, what shift, what plant. Mm -hmm. In my view, that's very consumer affairs. Is that a fair way to categorize and differentiate consumer affairs from the larger world of customer care, or is that all bollocks, as Paul would say? <laughs> <laughs> I would say that it is synonymous with customer care because no matter what your reason you're calling us, if you're calling us for a recipe or you're calling us with a quality problem or you're calling with us with an allergy question because you've got somebody at home, you need to be careful about what you're feeding to them. No matter what you're doing, you're taking care of that consumer and resolving a problem, answering a question, getting them pointed in the right direction so that they can hopefully purchase your product and, and have a successful interaction with it and then keep purchasing it. And just curious what process, so you have your internal team, I guess, asking lots mm -hmm. of questions. Mm -hmm. um, is that a manual process? You know, notes are being made and then who does the actual kind of deep dive of this consumer said this, that barcode that, that, you know, manufacturing plant this, this preference mm -hmm. here. Like kind of just walk us through the process a little bit. I'm very curious about this part. Sure. Well, we have a, a CRM system, a customer relationship management system, where we're documenting all of these things. And all of our data comes into that system. Our social posts, our emails, um, eventually we'll be adding live chat and those will come in. So we'll be able to, we, we can at any time point pull reports out of that CRM. And we do that on a regular basis. So I have a really small internal team. They answer the questions, they run the reports. Um, I have a phenomenal analyst who then takes it the next level up and really takes deep dives into the data and can look over a three or a five year trend to see you know, what people are asking, uh, can look at you know, perhaps how, how many contacts are we getting compared to how much product are we shipping, for example. So uh, there's just a whole lot of analytics that go into the work that we do. Are there any examples of, you know, um, what, so consumer affairs, mm -hmm. the data analytics function, and then if there's a product 
development function or a product marketing team that says, mm -hmm. wow, what, you, what you've given to us gives us a new idea for a new product or a new packaging or a new something that really led to a, let's call it an innovation in, in what you're offering and putting out of the market. Are there examples of that? Yes, you know, I have to have to be careful about how much I tell you, right? But but we can't we can't take product ideas. There are legal implications with taking ideas from a consumer. So we can't take an idea. But what I can say is that consumers may say, I wish this was in a bigger size. And we may know from a variety of of touch points because just the consumers calling us isn't the only thing that we do. We look at market research, we have focus groups, you know, there's a whole wide range of analytics that go into the, the, the world of marketing. But we will use that data from our consumer context to support other things that we're doing. So when a product is being innovated, for example, they may come to us and say, gosh, we're thinking about product X, Y, and Z. Have you ever heard any consumers asking for it? We can say we sure have or nope, you know, that doesn't ever come up. Or yes, we know this is a pain point for consumers because we get a lot of questions about this type of question. So that's a, a very general way of answering that. Hopefully it helps. Absolutely. You know, what I love about what you just said is it sounds like you have a seat at the table. Oftentimes in our customer care departments, we don't always have a seat at the table. We're the ones brought in at the end, or I think as Lisa Deal says, I think she's the one who coined this phrase, referred to it is that we're the ones that are cleaning up the you-know-what at the end of the parade. <laughs> I think that's yeah, I remember that. <laughs> right? And sometimes um, we are. <laughs> so sometimes we are. But yes, you know, I have a very firm belief in the strength of cross-functional partnerships. And that's a huge part of what I do, that we can't deliver a great customer experience if we aren't integrated in the cross-functional team. So I work really closely with our marketing team and our quality assurance team and our, our packaging design team and our regulatory team, our communications group, our digital marketing team, and, and even our member relations team, because we're a farmer-owned co-op, we're answering questions about perhaps our, our the uh, procedures that are happening on our farms, for example. People may call us and then we get them connected to the right place. You know, our legal team, of course. And so, you know, and the list goes on and on and on of the number of people that we deal with. But in order to really make things happen in consumer affairs, you have to be an integral part of that team. And, and I feel very fortunate to be a part of that team. Um, and I didn't even mention the an insights and analytics team because we're embedded in that group as well. So, so many different people that we deal with. And uh, and two, as, as we need to move quickly, I need to have partnerships that I can call on right now to get an answer to, uh, to you know, perhaps deal with a social media post as an example. Sure. The fact that you have that seat at the table, that you have those relationships with the other areas in, in the organization, did that just come organically? Did you have to fight a little bit for it? Was it kind of earned? I mean, it's curious because I think a lot of oftentimes it's not given. You got to kind of fight and earn. And uh, in a case maybe of farmer-owned co-ops, they may look and say, well, what do you mean? You're just, you're just the call center. Like, you know, why do I have to? I'm not beholden to you. We've heard those stories before. I'm just kind of curious of how, how what the genesis of that is. You know, I think it's we're fortunate in the co-op organization because we we tend to work together very closely. It's it's uh, just the nature of the way we operate. But I do think it's something that as a leader in consumer relations or consumer affairs, that as leaders, it's one of the things we have to do is build those partnerships. We can't wait for people to come to us. And I think that 
those partnerships hold true for every function. So as a marketer, if you're going to market a product in order to do it successfully, you need all of your um, cross-functional partners to work with you in order to be successful. We really can't operate alone. And so we, we really, you know, I, I'm just a firm believer in the, the need for cross-functional partnerships and the, um, the responsibility that I have to make sure that I'm meeting with my cross-functional partners and connecting with them. That's great. I can't not introduce something into this podcast and I'm going to put in a really shameless plug uh, <laughs> for SOCAP. Absolutely. So you're a member of SOCAP, a very mm -hmm. involved member of SOCAP. Uh, full disclosure, I'm on the national board of SOCAP and I'm very proud mm -hmm. of, of that association. Um, and I certainly know that there's people who will be listening to this podcast that are from SOCAP. Those that are out there, just give a shout, give us something when you're listening to this. Absolutely. Give a, for, a, a share, a, you know, a repost or something when you, when you get this on LinkedIn. But know that, uh, that uh, SOCAP, I think, definitely plays a role in what we're talking about here. Absolutely. In your life, in your, in your career, you talk about the ability to reach out to, to, to the industry and reach out to partners and, and, mm -hmm. and, and colleagues. Tell us a little about, about the importance of SOCAP for you. Absolutely. Cross-functional partners within your organization are, are critical, but having a strong network with, of people that do what you do is equally important. And so an organization like SOCAP for me has helped me over the course of my career as I try to figure out what am I doing and what could I do differently? And, and maybe is there another way I could approach this? Because oftentimes, you know, our departments are sometimes all by themselves. There's nobody really like us within the organization. And so I don't know sometimes what to do, but I can pick up the phone and call a friend in SOCAP and say, hey, have you run across this challenge before and how did you handle it? Or I can send out an email to a group of friends and say, I'm noticing this trend in, in the industry and has anybody else noticed it? And so it, you know, especially when, when COVID began, you know, how are you handling it? I mean, I think we all went out to our our uh, our cross function our par our partners outside our cross functional partners outside of our organizations our our folks within SOCAP and they don't necessarily have to be in CPG. They can be in the travel industry or hospitality industry. We we share the same challenges. We just have a different product. And so, and I in my career, I've worked in consumer relations outside of CPG. And again, the, the skills are transferable. But without that great network, I really find that um, you feel a little bit alone and maybe a little adrift. And that, that partnership of an organization like SOCAP helps keep me, keep me moving and keeps me motivated every day. That's great to hear. Very powerful organization, one that, I, that we're all proud to be associated with. Absolutely. As we start to wind down, we have the final third of the podcast, and we like to ask our guests um, three separate questions to share three separate uh, things that are in your mind. Okay. The first one is a CX myth that we would like you in great Minnesota spirit to bust wide open. Bust it out. Okay. Take an axe to it. I think you use axes in, in or axes are used. What is it? You, you create the, the holes in the, for ice fishing. I'm not sure. Those axes. Augers. You, it's an you, auger. <laughs> auger. Yes. So take an, take an auger to a CX okay. myth. Okay. Bust it wide open with your auger. Okay. What would it be? All right. So anyone can work in consumer relations. You know, we think, you know, obviously the three of us know better, right? But, but there are people out there who think, oh, anybody can answer the phone. We'll just put somebody on. You'll be fine. 
that's not true. You know, the, you know, while anybody can pick up a phone and answer it, great consumer relations really requires people with empathy and ability to pivot quickly to resolve a problem. They need great judgment to handle the complexity of a contact and the ability to main, maintain those thoughtful cross-functional relationships in the organization. And those skills together help make a great department. And not everyone has them. So that's my myth. Any, anyone cannot work in consumer relations. I think that's really true. Paul, I think we would agree with that, right? This, is, this job is not made for everybody. No, 100%. 100% agree with what Vicky said that. I do have a statement I'd like to make for Vicky. So we've been very fortunate enough to have a lot of guests from the Minnesota area. And Neil mm -hmm. has coined this phrase in the past that, is there something in the water in Minnesota that makes a, a good for the, the CX thought leaders, the CX heroes out there? Is there something that do you, are you guys doing something differently? Is it culture? What, what is it in the water there? And how soon can Neil and I move there? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're just dying to come up for all this snow and cold weather, I know. It's great for maybe a week for you folks, but you know, I, for those of us who live here, maybe it's the hardy spirit, I don't know. But you know, Minnesota is a pretty unique place in a lot of ways, but I don't think it the ability to take care of people and to care for people is unique to Minnesota. I think it's everywhere. So, thank you for calling out Minnesota but I, I don't think it's unique to us. Very politically correct. Nice, well played. <laughs> Love it. Well played. <laughs> exactly. But, but just for reference, I'm just thinking in my, we've had no fewer than I think three and maybe four guests from Minnesota that far outweighs guests from the other state. Or Isn't region. that interesting? Yeah. So it's so interesting. I don't know. Yeah. Good stuff. All right. Let's go to the, the second of the, of the final third here. Okay. CX quotes. Share some CX quotes. And I've, I've had a chance. I'm, uh, I'll, I'll disclose. Okay. I've read them uh, ahead of time. I love them. Definitely okay. share these with the audience because these are, okay. these are great ones. Well, the first one is one that it's why I love the world of consumer relations. And I've really been in it my whole life um, because I grew up in a family owned resort. But you know, this this one came from a friend of mine who retired and it just spoke to me. And she said, you know, and here's the quote. It is from Grace Not Perfection by Emily Lay. It says, I've always believed that customer service is a ministry. It's a chance to love on people, to over deliver and to just do the right thing. And from time to time, it's a chance to restore faith in humanity. It is our goal to shine a little light in a negative world. It's not always easy but by pouring love and empathy on other people makes us who we are. And so for me, the world of consumer relations is all about taking care of people and helping people have a better day. And there is no better feeling than hanging up the phone or sending an email to somebody that you know just made their day. So it doesn't matter which, oh. what, what industry you're in, you will always find a way to make a difference in the work that you do. Wow. So wow. that's my first one. That's so powerful. I, I, it is powerful. It, it's um, I've I've heard lots of things invoked into what we do, good and bad. I've never mm -hmm. heard ministry or or religion or religion like. Mm -hmm. uh, and and it's true. I, I love it. This is yeah. this is a wonderful quote. Thank you for sharing that with us. You're welcome. Tell us about the second one. The second one is a famous sports quote, and it works really well for my team and for the cross-functional teams I work with. And it's from Michael Jordan. Talent wins games, 
but teamwork and intelligence win championships. And I'll just tell you, I am so lucky to work with smart team players and together we make things happen for our brands because it is the teamwork that wins the championship. Teams with- Michael Jordan. Yep. It's yeah, a great- Michael Jordan didn't become a, yep. He didn't become a champion until he, he understood the importance of team and sharing the ball and passing and not always having to take the last shot himself. Exactly. Exactly. Love it. So there you have it. I'm Those are think, my two quotes for today. I'm trying to think, did Michael Jordan, what did Michael Jordan do to the Timberwolves? I don't exactly remember if there was something bad that he did to the Timberwolves like he did to the Utah Jazz oh, and some other I teams, right? I, I, oh, I don't, I don't know, Neil. You're there. asking the wrong gal on this question. Yeah. <laughs> I'd have to phone a friend. <laughs> well, we'll go look at some stats oh, for another, oh, another I, session. I don't come out, Neil. You, you, you pick it yeah. on for me, my friend. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. We'll, we'll leave that one on that one. But I, I love okay. that quote. And by the way, it's, it's interesting. You know, Michael Jordan is such a, obviously a huge figure. I think this is the first time we've ever had a Michael Jordan quote before. One really? would think maybe we'd hear more often about Michael yeah. Jordan because he's such a, such a larger than life figure and has said so many great. Mm -hmm. But here, this is the first one. I'm so glad you called this out. I, I love it. Great one. Oh. So Excellent. final third here. You okay. have a nice list of CX heroes of the week. Call them out. We want to hear them, and we will definitely tag them, include them, so that those that may not know them um, will be able to see their names and maybe connect with them on LinkedIn. But uh, definitely call these ones out. It's a nice list here. I have a great list, and I'll I'll tell you right up front. I'm an includer, so to make a specific list is really hard because I feel like I've left someone out. And so I've had so many different people that have had an impact on my career, and and so many again all those cross functional partnerships. To me, they're all heroes, and so it's really hard to just pick a few. But I'm going to give you my my top list here, and and I'm going to start out with my mom and dad. Uh, I've mentioned before I grew up. Uh, on a family-owned resort, and so I learned about the importance of the customer relationship right away. I was I was three when essentially when my parents started the resort, and I was waitressing at twelve, and so I learned quickly what it, how important it was to take care of your customer and and make sure that they were coming back. Uh, my team at Landa Lakes, uh, who I am just so fortunate to work with. Um, my good friend, Kim Anderson, she's the fellow manager. Um, she works in the Land O'Lakes Culinary Center, and she oversees all of the recipe development and the product innovation where we're doing culinary research. Um, she's just fascinating, and she's just a terrific friend to me and a support. Um, a fellow SOCAP, I've got a, several fellow SOCAP people I'm going to call out. One is Valerie Mascio. She's the Director of Marketing Services for iHealth. Uh, my good friend, Peggy Lundquist, who's the Director of Consumer Engagement at Danone North America. And Peggy actually reached out to me when I first came back to Land O'Lakes. Um, I had worked here before and had been in SOCAP before and then had been out of SOCAP for a short time. And when I came back, Peggy connected me in right away and helped me meet people. And so I'm very grateful for that. Um, Lisa Deal at Blue Diamond, who I know you both know from her fabulous previous um, podcast with you. Um, my friend Cindy Fritten, another longtime SOCAP colleague. And then I have mentors who, over the years, um, helped me shape my career and took a risk on me or, or uh, challenged me to do better. And uh, sadly, some of them have passed, but I have a couple of them that I'd like to call out. And one is Dolores Fridge. She was my trainer at Prudential. I was fresh out of college and sassy and smart. And I think I was smart. I was probably too smart for my own good. And she helped me shape my career and, um, and helped me learn how to be a better employee. 
And then um, my one of my recent bosses, uh, Rebecca Walland, and Becky was the leader of the Land O'Lakes Culinary Center. And Consumer Affairs actually was part of the Culinary Center. For many years, we were a, a, a group within that team. And Becky, um, Becky was a terrific leader and again, helped me, helped me develop those cross-functional partnerships and uh, learn to be a better leader. So, so that's, a, that's my list. Plus, like I said, hard, hard as an includer to just narrow that down. So it always is. I think early is. on when Paul and I tried to put our list together, like I think I had like 15 people, you know, and then mm -hmm. still felt bad about leaving people out. Right. Yeah. yeah. Hard. Yeah, it really is hard. So, and I could call out the two of you as well for taking a risk on on me and saying, "Hey, we, we'd love you to be on a podcast." So, thank you. Thanks for being my CX heroes today. <laughs> you know, thank you. You've been an amazing guest. You know, before we started, I I told Paul, you know what we're gonna get with Vicky? We're just gonna get warmth. We're gonna get intelligence. We're gonna get charisma. We're gonna get knowledge. There's a lot of knowledge, and she's gonna thank be a you. sensational guest. She's gonna hit it out of the park. And I think I was absolutely right. Thank she hit you. it out of the park. Oh, thank you. Absolutely. Vicky, you're so humble. Um, and that's the thing that I'll take away from this. You're such a humble person. It's, it's been an absolute privilege and pleasure to, to have you on. And you are our first ever, and this is a learning, Neil, for you and me. You're our first ever guest who's called out their mum and dad as customer experience heroes. Nobody's ever called out before. So kudos nope. to you. Well <laughs> thank done. You. True. Well done. It's true. Thank you. It's true. So, so true. Great, great list, great conversation. Um, I think this is a uh, tribute to so many things. It's just keeping your focus on the consumer, keeping your focus on analytics, keeping your focus on what you can learn from the consumer. And also, like your quote said, the importance of treating consumers well. It is a ministry. Yep. I, I love that, I really do. Yep. Absolutely. From the land of 10,000 lakes, thank you so much for joining us. This was wonderful. You got to come back on here at some point. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you, Neil and Paul. It was great to be here. You smashed it. Thank you so much. Vicky. All right. Thank well, you. Audience, thank, thank you for listening in. Follow Vicky on LinkedIn. Come to SOCAP events. Please. Follow the people that she's she's recommended as her CX Series of the Week. There's some really bright, capable, smart, really smart people here. And become a member of SOCAP. Oops, did I just say that? <laughs> please. If you're already a member of SOCAP, renew your membership, please. Absolutely. Absolutely. You'll really never be, stuff. it's it's money well spent when you join a professional organization like that. It It is, uh, it's a terrific way to advance your career, grow your, grow your um, professionalism and, uh, and make great friends. Amen to that. Perfect. I'm this was episode podcast. 36. I'm glad on this podcast. <laughs> get on this podcast exactly get on the podcast and follow this podcast please like yes. and subscribe yes share our stuff and tell your friends it's hopefully a good a good uh investment of 20 minutes every week to listen to it um again this was episode 36 fireside chats without the fires neil pop and paul catherall paul i think we gotta wrap this one up what a great session right amazing i, I haven't got anything else to say Vicky, you've been an absolute star. Um, it's been a wonderful, wonderful podcast. I think you're an amazing person. So yeah, oh, what what a pod, what a podcast! Seriously, what a podcast! Thanks. Thanks, everyone. Tune in next week. Have a good week. This has been another episode of Fireside Chats Without the Fires with Neil Toff and Paul Cathro. Follow Neil and Paul on Twitter at Neil Toff and at PaulCat72. Podcast feedback and topic suggestions are always welcome. Thank you for listening.